Hello and welcome to Talking To, a podcast where we learn the experiences, jobs, and ultimately lives of other people. My name is Liza and it's time to talk to someone. So today, I am talking to someone who has witnessed multiple traumatic things, um, including a stabbing spree in a restaurant, um, among many other uh, traumatic events. Uh, Before we get into that, since this is the first ever episode of this podcast, I'd like to take some time to introduce what exactly this is all about. So those of you who know me might be wondering, Liza, why are you doing this? Uh, So the simple answer is that I'm a Leo and we're known for kind of just wanting all the attention. So this kind of accomplishes that. Um, I know I don't really have the voice for podcasting, but uh, I definitely don't have the face for YouTubing. So just bear with it, please. So now that I've established why I'm starting a podcast, let me tell you why I'm starting this podcast specifically uh, and kind of what my plan for it is. So I know most people are like, oh, I hate people. But like, I really just genuinely like people in general, and I like hearing their stories and their experiences, uh, especially if they're different from my own. Like, I really love just getting to know people, and I've always been interested in sort of seeing why people are the way they are, uh, or like what led them to certain decisions, stuff like that. So then uh, going along with that, I work in the cannabis industry. And a coworker and I were talking about like the regulations because it really is a highly regulated industry. Um, We started talking about other things that are regulated like tobacco and alcohol. And we were kind of just going back and forth wondering if their regulations or their manufacturing facilities were similar to ours. And it made me think like, man, I would love a podcast or a series or a show Um, That's about different jobs that are non-traditional or just different uh, or just they're not what you would expect them to be. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, why not just combine your interest in people's different experiences, your interest in people's different jobs uh, and your need for attention um, and just make a podcast like that. So I talked to a couple of my friends who said they thought it was a good idea, although maybe they were just trying to placate me. Uh, and I told some of my coworkers so I could start getting ideas and really planning it out. And I mean, some of them uh, kind of looked at me and talked to me the way you would to a little girl who says she's going to be a princess when she grows up. Uh, like they were kind of like, yeah, okay, uh, go ahead. You can do that. Um, but like they insist that they think it's an okay idea too. Uh, so let's see if I can actually do anything with it. So basically um, I have a list of ideas of people with different jobs or different interesting life experiences that I'd like to interview on here and just kind of share their stories and learn more about them and their careers, their experiences, all that kind of stuff. So I have a lot of ideas, but obviously just starting out, uh, I don't know people who fit all the categories in my head. Like, unfortunately, I don't have any friends who've been to prison. So I mean, unless one of my friends really wants to step their game up and go to prison for the podcast, that might not happen. Um, but so that's why I really want people to listen to this, watch it, and just let me know, uh, if they know someone 
who has an interesting job or an interesting life, uh, or if they have a topic or a job that they want to hear about, or even if uh, they think they have something to contribute and talk about on here. Uh, like, please, if you want to come on and talk about something interesting you've been through, or you've experienced, or even just your job, uh, let me know, and I'll let you know if you're cool enough to come on. Uh, that being said, this podcast does have an Instagram and a Twitter. Both are at talking to pod that's talking without the g at the end so please go follow those uh share them with your friends and let me know if you have suggestions or anything to contribute because i honestly think everyone is interesting and uh, has something to share all right so now that i have babbled on long enough about all of that uh, it's time for the first interview in talking to history today we are talking to uh, someone who has witnessed multiple traumatic events and has had to deal with some PTSD from that, Zoe. Uh, hello, Zoe. Hi. Hi. Um, so I know that a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about, uh, it's it's a tough subject. Um, it was really traumatic things in your life that you've uh, unfortunately had to witness. So I mean, of course, if there's anything you don't want to talk about, or um, even though you said that you'd be willing to talk, if there's anything that's like too hard, if it gets to like the point where you're upset about something, like feel free to stop. Cause obviously I want to bring up all this horrible stuff from your past, mm-hmm. but like, um, I don't want it to like negatively impact you, I guess. Okay. So just let me know if at any time something's uh not good okay also uh heads up to anyone uh listening or watching watching uh if you couldn't (laughs) tell from uh, my description of the topic the contents of this episode could be upsetting to some listeners uh so listening discretion is advised so zoe yes the first thing i would like to talk about um is a stabbing that mm-hmm. you witnessed uh, yes. while you were just out to eat at a restaurant. Um, so I'd like to give a little bit of a backstory on that because uh, it kind of got a lot of media attention in this area. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people from this area know what I'm uh, talking about, but I'm sure there's some that don't. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, in May of 2016, a 28-year-old guy from Taunton had like some sort of mental break. Um, He's really upset about something. He got in an accident with another car, got out of his car, ran into a house, um, stabbed the two people inside the house, uh, one of which ended up dying. It was an 80-year-old woman who was the one who ended up dying and her daughter. Um, And then he left, got into another car, drove like a mile, two miles down the road to the Taunton Mall, crashed through the front of Macy's, got out, um, started assaulting people in there, and then ran to the Bertucci's restaurant um, in the mall. And he uh, stabbed a pregnant waitress. And then he stabbed and killed a man named George Heath, who had uh, tried to intervene and tried to stop him. And then an off-duty sheriff's deputy uh, shot the stabber. Um, So obviously, 
it's not something that you uh, see every day or want to. And it's tough for like the families of those involved. Um, and Zoe, you happen to be right there eating. Uh, so yes. could you just kind of tell me a little bit about it? I'm interested in like what your experience of this whole thing was. Um, so I was with two of my friends. Um, I won't say names just in case they're not comfortable with that. Um, but we were at Bertucci's just looking at our menus because we haven't seen each other been together in quite a while actually since like high school um but we were sitting and then i just see a huge group of people i want to say like almost 15 people just running in the hallway outside of the mall um so i thought that was kind of weird and then about i want to say not even four minutes later um we hear a crash of a plate. I guess the waitress that was, ended up getting stabbed in the back, dropped the plate that she was holding. Or maybe it was the girl that was in front of her that dropped it, I don't know, but that's what caught our attention. Um, but yeah, so we all process stuff differently um, after seeing different therapists, um, my doctor, stuff like that. They explained to me um, the fight or flight reaction. Um, I was in a mix. Uh, one of my friends was in shock. The other friend was gone. Um, they ran quite far away. Um, Which I mean, is understandable. It's, it's, it's understandable. Um, totally understandable. We all, like I said, we react differently. Um, my reaction was I'm called the mama bear of my friends because I like to make sure that all my friends are okay. Um, and the one friend that was in shock, I just kind of was like, okay, we have to leave. Um, cause what was happening was not okay. And, um, unfortunately, because that third friend was gone, I didn't know where she went. So um, out of all of us, I saw the most because I was looking for her. Um, and I won't go into like the gore details, um, but yeah, so we left so quickly that we left our bags and stuff in there. I was the only person or the first person probably to call in what was happening at Bertucci's because what we didn't know was that he was creating chaos everywhere in East Taunton. And um, yeah, so they were actually, the police were coming because he crashed into Macy's. So I had to flag down the cop and say, this guy is stabbed. Oh, about what else yeah. was going on. Yeah, yeah, they had no idea that was going on. Um, later we found out that he was actually targeting women um, so obviously as three girls eating, our natural response or thought was it could have been us because we were not even three feet away from where it was happening. So if that deputy sheriff was not there, it could have been really bad. So we are very grateful for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 
yeah that's uh that's a lot um so I guess like do you do you kind of remember like anything you were thinking at the time like when it happened um like when you when you heard that like plate drop do you remember like thinking anything in particular or even then once you saw what was happening um did you have any thoughts or was it just like making sure that your friends were okay um my initial thought is actually kind of embarrassing um you don't have to share it if you don't want i before then i would watch criminal minds a lot um so i feel like i was because that shows like pretty messed up um so my initial thought was like that person's mentally messed up like i assume that they were like dating for some reason yeah i think honestly i think a lot of people um assume that because i remember when like it was just like coming out like what had happened uh like kind of as it was happening a lot yeah. of people seem to think that it was like some sort of like domestic dispute domestic, yeah. or like something like that yeah and then after it, it went instantly into um partial flight partial make sure that everyone's okay I definitely never had the thought okay I have to go help her unfortunately um but yeah it must have been like even harder um not knowing like where that other friend was and so were you were you like worried that maybe she was in danger that maybe she had been involved or something had happened to her too um I was worried that um I don't really know what my thoughts were I feel like it was a mix of I was worried that she was going to get involved or that she ran the other way like into the bathroom and if you're in the bathroom then you're stuck you have nowhere to go so Just I guess that was my to everyone that's never where you should run uh because you're trapped I mean unless it has a window or something but like that's not a good uh, place to go yeah um, um so what I guess like I'm interested in like what did everyone else like in the restaurant do when like once people started realizing did people realize right away or like were there still some people just still sitting there eating or do you not really know just because of everything that was going on um from what I understand and I could be wrong George Heath was the only one that automatically went into I'm going to help. obviously the deputy did too but I mean we're all eating like we sat down we're looking at the menu we're talking about how nice it is to see each other again and then you hear a plate drop which in a restaurant that's normal yeah so I still have um part of my PTSD at the beginning even just hearing a plate drop I would like go into panic mode um but I mean like that noise happens all the time people drop things um so it was kind of like the the transition of like okay we're going to eat to that it's not it wasn't a, a natural transition so I think a lot of people were in shock of like okay wow or they didn't fully understand because they were at a different angle we were the only ones that had that exact angle um all the rest of them were toward the front and they could only see probably the front 
of the waitress in the back of George. Um, so from what I remember, we were the first ones out, which is interesting because I took so long to, to look, it felt long. It probably well, wasn't like, that long. It's like one of those moments where it's almost like, like time slows down and you're kind yeah. of going in slow motion. Like you just, you feel like it's taking a long time, but really it's like a matter of like seconds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so like with that, like what you said about like with the, um, hearing the plate drop, how that was kind of like a PTSD trigger for you. Um, have you like had issues with like going out to eat, going out to restaurants, like, especially, I guess, like right after it happened, um, did it take you a while before you could even go out to eat in a restaurant again and like feel safe? Yes. Um, so I did not go out to eat again. Um, I want to say until two months after. Um, I did not go into Bertucci's until the timeline could be different, but I didn't go in until I want to say two and a half to three months after. Um, but I would always be Benefit. with thing sorry yeah um, yeah yeah and that's yeah when they were um back. putting in that stool for george yeah kind of um, what, like brought you back into it yeah like so i was there to help to donate like you wouldn't like have almost like voluntarily just picked that as a place to eat after. no no so definitely not, not. Yeah. um and then another reason why i went was because um because Krista Fortis was there with his, um, at the time, his wife, Paula, um, and they're both cops. So I went with someone that I felt safe. So that was honestly the main reason. I probably wouldn't have gone if those two weren't there, but they really, those two helped me greatly because I mean, they're cops. They've, they've seen horrible things and I'm forever grateful for both of them to help me get through that unfortunately passed away um a couple years ago uh but off topic um mm -hmm. but again just adding to uh some of the negative things that you've had to experience I guess because someone who was so important to you and like so helpful in you kind of uh getting past it and like going going back into the restaurant now he's passed away yeah um um yeah, it was, um, it was kind of weird because I, I'm really good friends with his daughter. And, um, so he saw me grow up, grow, grow up, grow up. <laughs> he <laughs> saw me grow stuff? up and, um, he was one of the first cops on the scene. So it was so comforting. Though, I mean, the only form of comfort you could possibly have at that time was to see him to know that he was going to, we're taken care of, that we're going to be okay because he was there. Um, obviously there were other cops and stuff like that, but um, just seeing him there definitely made it much better. Yeah, I mean, anytime, I feel like anytime there's like a familiar face or like someone you feel so comfortable with, like in, in something like this and like someone that you know is coming to help, yeah. uh, that must have been just such a comfort to you. 
Yeah, yeah. I um I mean I was even looking for um my mom's one of my mom's good friends is a paramedic and I was just hoping that she was going to be there and just like looking for anyone. Um my mom was listening to the scanner because she heard a bunch of sirens. So she actually listened to the whole thing happen. Um, did she home. know that you were at Bertucci's? Um, so or did she, she knew that I was, yeah, she knew I was at Bertucci's and she was calling me because she thought like, maybe I got into an accident down the street. Cause that's just how yeah. my family works. Um, yeah. uh, so she was calling me left and right. And obviously I'm with my friends, so I'm not looking at my phone and she didn't even know that Bertucci's happened. She knew that down the street in East Taunton happened because um, like they were reporting a car accident, but she didn't know exactly where. Um, but yeah, so she was listening to all that. And then um, she like got in her car and like started driving to me. And then I finally called her and I told her what happened. I mean, she was there instantly for me and my two friends. So that was. I feel like that's kind of like a like a typical parent response too is to like get to your baby and like make sure that they're okay and yeah yeah, I can't even imagine um her like sitting at home and then hearing all that but not even knowing about like the Bertucci's incident and then like finally getting in touch with you and like finding finding out like just how serious it was like what had happened so obviously like going to Bertucci's wasn't really something uh, that you were interested in doing um, after it it happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even just going to the mall, um, did that feel different after? Did you, were you even able to go to the mall after? I had to go for a reason. I don't Mm -hmm. remember why, um, but I had to go to the mall for a reason outside of Bertucci's. Um, and my mom went with me again, really glad for her support. Um, and we walked through Macy's to go see, um, the, a woman who worked at the clinic desk, she's done my makeup for years. And we just wanted to go in and check to see if she was there Mm -hmm. while it happened and if she was okay. Um, just because. I saw her at the police station, but I wasn't able to talk to her. We weren't able to talk to each other. Um, but yeah, so just like seeing, it sounds really odd, but knowing that other people were impacted by the same thing, it didn't feel as lonely. Yeah. Like that's, that's huge. I mean, of course, nobody, nobody experiences something in like the same way yeah um but like it must have kind of been comforting to know that like you weren't alone and there were a whole bunch of people uh who ended up being impacted like this like I I do know like a few other people who were eating at Bertucci's at the time which I mean I never knew Bertucci's was like a popular restaurant um which I mean it closed down uh so it couldn't have been too popular but I mean I (laughs) (laughs) I like never really um I never really thought of it as a place that people like went and ate but then like after this happened I ended up knowing like so many people who were at Bertucci's eating um Mm -hmm. obviously none in quite the position uh you were in but I mean yeah there were 
there were quite a few people who ended up being impacted like this by this. Yeah. So yeah, so um, going to the mall was not easy. I think my mom lost the feeling in her hand from me squeezing it so hard. Um, and after I, um, I ended up with a, I don't want to call it a tick, but I, I rub my finger cause I can feel like my, my skin. I can feel like the grooves of my finger. So it's like a texture thing. Um, and after I started that, I got my hand tattoos. This is a Viking rune sign of self-defense and protection. And then this is strength. Um, I don't have to get bowls. I only do it on this hand. Um, but like, that's my form of comfort. And my uncle gave me a pin back when I was like seven years old and I've kept it since cause it was Hercules. And I rub that now. So I just have a lanyard full of pins now just to whenever I feel anxious. I mean, yeah whatever works everyone uh i mean everyone has uh has different things that help them uh and it's it's important to like find whatever it is that helps you uh so i'm glad that like you've been able to like figure out something that helps you a little bit when you're anxious yeah because i I think of it like it could be worse right i could have become like a drug addict or alcoholic that is uh for sure yeah, so um, I just tried to find. Yes, rubbing, rubbing your finger, rubbing, <laughs> yeah. rubbing uh, your finger, rubbing pins, much better than uh, drugs or alcohol. Um, yeah. So you said that uh, you've been to therapy um, for this in particular. You've talked to, you've talked to different people, different counselors, therapists. I don't know what your preferred term is. Uh, for who you see but um yes so I guess like do you mind just like sharing obviously not like personal but just like sharing your experiences with therapy because I know that more and more people are becoming like open to like going to therapy for things but it's yes. still kind of something that can be stigmatized but it's something that's so important um mm-hmm. especially for someone who's been in your situation so do you mind just like sharing uh your experiences with that yeah. Um, uh, so my father passed away when I was 12. Uh, so I was put in therapy then. Um, and I, so, so I started out therapy pretty young. So I was very open to it. Cause I, I knew that it helped me at a young age. Um, so as I got older, I, I saw a therapist a little bit before this happened, but then I had to start seeing, um, a PTSD specific therapist. And in the area that we lived in, I could just not find one that was exactly what I needed um, just because I had so many different um, other problems that accumulated because of this. Um, So I ended up just seeing a general therapist who helped, but at the same time, um, admitting that you have a problem is hard even though you know exactly what happened, even though it's understandable to have problems. Um, I had anxiety and depression problems before then. So now um, it was like a, a bad layering because because <clears throat> I was anxious before of like, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And then something happened. 
something actually happened exactly yeah. um so that just boosted my anxiety um yeah. so i started seeing a therapist about that um and some other personal issues and she helped a lot but then i moved and i stopped going to therapy mm -hmm. um and because of that time not seeing a therapist i'm much worse now i I have good times, a lot of good times, but mm -hmm. sometimes there's really bad times. And I've tried to be very self-aware because I've seen what making excuses for your mental health looks like. And I've been there mm -hmm. and I just don't, I recommend therapy to pretty much everyone because yeah. maybe not medication, but I feel like everyone just needs someone to talk to. So that recently I've found a psychologist who um, does, I didn't know that my PTSD was still affecting me so much. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna start seeing a new psychologist who actually does this uh, concentration thing for PTSD. It doesn't like get rid of it, um, but it's kind of like just figuring out a way for when you're out in public. Um, when I see people that look very similar to the man who did that, I go into panic attacks. Or if I'm seated in a restaurant and I can't see the front door, that's a big problem. Um, with certain people, when I go out to eat, I have to look at the door. And if that doesn't happen, um, but with people like, for example, you, um, I trust you a lot. We like fight each other over who gets to look yes. at the door because like I've never experienced anything like that, but I've always just like been one of those people that like has to look at the door, but it's very understandable for you. Yeah, but I mean, it's nice to have um, people that I can trust to do that for me um, because then I don't have to worry as much. Obviously, like, it must be tough, like, trusting people with that, um, especially after, like, what you've been through and kind of, like, how, even, like, how, how the people you were with reacted. Because, I mean, you never know how someone is going to react in a situation like that until they're in it. And in so, it, yeah. I guess, like, kind of having to be that mom friend that like was looking for one of your friends and then like kind of getting the other one to like hey come on like we gotta go it must be tough to like trust that if a situation like that happened again like someone else would kind of be able to take control I guess yeah um and that's another thing is getting my brain to be okay with hey not it was such a rare thing to happen to me yeah I don't think it's going to happen again. Chances are. Chances it's are. Not. It's not. Um, um, but telling my brain that is a whole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the hard part. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, with, with that. Um, so now that like the Taunton Mall has closed and is being demolished. Do you feel like a sense of relief that like the physical location where it occurred is no longer going to be there. I mean, Bertucci's closed down um, years ago before the mall did, um, but now it's just been announced that the mall is being demolished. 
Uh, so I guess like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, does it make you feel relieved? Does it make you feel, I don't know, like any, any particular way um, that this physical location is no longer going to be there? Um, or my, you just indifferent, no feeling uh, at all about it? Well, I kind of see it as, um, cause I, I, I've been in there, well, not now, but when it was still open, I went in there a few times after. I mean, even though we forgot our purses in there and the cops had to bring us in and there was like blood everywhere and, um, and then they questioned us in there. So we had to sit in there while there was a crime scene right next to us. So yeah, so um, I just, I think I kind of like, I'm not great at it, but I think I compartmentalize of it's not happening anymore because I know that if we dwell on the past, we can't move forward. So, um, going in there was a way to do that them taking down the actual mall um i feel slight relief but at the same time it, it was just a place yeah. i still have the memories no matter what yeah that's true honestly i truly do like admire you and like admire your resiliency um because you have had to deal with witness go through more than uh, many people go through in their entire lives um, and different events like you saying how like this thing that happened at Bertucci's it was it was rare um, it will probably never happen again but you've had several of those things happen those rare like most people never experience them in their lifetime you've had to go through a few of them um, and this kind of goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about with like mental health and uh, stuff like that. Yes. Um, so Zoe happened to be with your mother, right? With Matt. Oh, with Matt, um, with her now husband. Um, you were just driving along and uh, you saw a man jump off of uh, the overpass over Route 140 um, and commit suicide. Uh, so I guess, would you like to share that experience? Um, I don't think he actually ended up dying. Oh, uh, all right. I stand corrected. From, I, I never, I couldn't get a follow-up on that because I was really worried about yeah. how he was doing. Um, so, um, we were driving I want to say that we were driving to my mom's. We were driving down 44, no, 24. We we're driving down 24 and we're going, about to go underneath the overpass and I see someone with a really bright shirt on climbing up the fence. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. So we're driving still and then I look behind me and now he's on the other side of the fence. And um, me and Matt remember this differently um, so basically I told Matt, don't look cause he was driving. I didn't want him to look and then have us get into an accident. Um, and I, 
he thinks, well, he remembers me closing, covering his eyes when the guy jumped off. Um, covering Matt's but, eyes, who was driving. Yes. Oh, and okay. I don't, All right. I don't remember doing that because I was processing what I was looking at. Yeah. And, and at first I was like, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look, but I just needed to look to make sure that he didn't do it, that he was okay. Yeah. Um, but and he was unfortunately you saw, um, him that jump. he was going to do it. Yeah. Yes. So you just always seem to be, uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time. It seems. Um, yeah, well, I mean, well, when it comes to seeing this type of stuff, uh, yeah. And my grandmother always tells me that this type of stuff happens to people for a reason so that's what I hold on to instead of falling into an extremely deep depression and because that would be very easy to do yes um and I'm stubborn so I refuse to take the easy route and um yeah so I try to help friends who go through similar things other things that I've had to deal with or um, PTSD specifically. Um, I don't know everything. I know what has helped me. And so that's where I look. I look to help people with what I have instead of just wallowing into the darkness. Yeah, which that's, it's admirable. And it's, um, it's very good, I guess, is the only word I can come up with right now. It's better than good. Um, but I mean, like, I know just me personally, um, I went through something in early 2017. Um, and like I had, I wouldn't quite call it like PTSD from it. Uh, but I had like definitely some, some issues, uh, stemming from it. And you helped me a lot and like, just you being more than willing to like, kind of, kind of talk me through it and how I was feeling. And like, knowing that you, of course it was like too, too, totally different things that like we experienced but like knowing that like you are someone who has been through something like that um some things multiple like that and um just being able to speak from experience was huge um and just your willingness to like help someone else get through it um that's huge um so I guess with that I just um I have a couple more questions uh before we run out of our uh, Zoom time limit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so obviously uh, mental health is something important to you. Uh, you've had your own struggles with it. You've uh, gone to therapy and are going back to therapy, which I think is great. Um, and it, it came out after um, that stabbing that the guy who um, committed these murders uh, he had gone to a hospital um, for some psych issues like right before yeah. and the hospital kind of didn't take it serious and just let him let him go and then mm-hmm. he went and did this like he wasn't he wasn't sectioned he wasn't sent to a psych hospital he wasn't like set up with any sort of like outpatient services they just let him go and then like he went and did this and it was all in like the same week um so I guess what is your uh, thought on um like how how important it is to like take people serious when they when they start showing signs of mental illness or like tell you like hey I need help hey I'm depressed like 
obviously it's important but like do you have any more insight to share and maybe like how to how to help people when they're feeling like that um I think trying to understand the severity of it um or just trying to talk in general um I know from my experience it's really hard to admit that something's wrong that you inside are not okay um that's like kind of going against what we're taught um not being okay has not been normalized um it's always been kind of like put on a brave face like don't let anyone know that anything's wrong yeah yeah and um that's why I, I kind of um I see some people out there that are like it's okay to not be okay which is true it's absolutely true but if you're not okay for months years we're only given one life and i mean even after everything that i've gone through i know that i have this one life and if i'm not helping myself then this is not going to be a great life because we have the power to do anything we have the exact tools we need we have google i mean that alone is trying to help yourself finding a good book that will help you or anything like that. I mean, you just have to, it's the first step that is the hardest of just saying, okay, I really need help now. It's like what they say with like alcoholics and like drug addicts. The first step is like admitting you have a problem. Yes. And I mean, it's the same with like anything with mental health, with anything. Um, And I guess like kind of what you said about like how google like we have that right there um it's like what you talked about before about how like you you kind of went through a a few different like therapists when you were trying to find someone to help you deal with this ptsd um and i guess that's just something that is really important it's like really important to like normalize that because a lot of people think that like okay they get this therapist like they have to stick with that therapist or like something's wrong with them if they can't open up to them or like don't really get along with them but like it's normal and it's important to like go through therapists until you find the one that's going to help you yeah yeah um and then I don't think I answered your question as far as family (laughs) um (laughs) as far as family I think that um not being afraid to overstep your boundaries so I'm very outspoken um i don't hide behind i don't fluff my my opinion Um, very straightforward yeah um that's how my grandfather was so that's how i am and um obviously there's a time and place for it but when it comes to seeing your family member hurt um you have to step up because sometimes you have to do it for them and you might be the only one to do it for them and if not you then a find someone like a therapist that can help them sometimes they just need that little that little push yeah and like or at sometimes least, sorry what were you gonna say at least just letting them know that you're there yeah that's honestly exactly what I was gonna say like sometimes just them knowing that like someone notices that they're going through something or like mm-hmm. that someone actually cares about them and like wants to either listen to them or help them or whatever it is like just knowing that there's actually someone who cares that can be huge yeah so is there 
I guess any any sort of advice besides all the advice and all the stuff you've already uh, said about um, like if there's anyone listening or watching who uh, has experienced some sort of trauma or is currently going through it um, or went through some sort of trauma in the past, any advice you have for them with like dealing with that? Um, I guess my greatest advice is, and I'm still learning this myself, but I still know it's it's true that no matter what, at the end of the day, we have ourselves and we are all, in my opinion, warriors. Whether we're weak right now, we can be strong. I mean, if you think about like um, the lotus flower, it blooms in the darkness. I, me and my friend have it tattooed on us because dark times do come whether we want them to or not. And if we don't learn to bloom, then we're just going to stay in the darkness. And I know no one likes to feel that darkness. I don't, didn't myself. Um, so if we don't come out of that, then I basically we're just in, in control of our lives, whether we think we are or not. And just keep moving forward. Don't stop. It's like what you said, we only have one life. So if you're miserable, if you're in the darkness, if you're, if you're just dwelling on like past things and not actively making an effort to like move past them, you yeah. only have one life. Like why spend it being miserable if you can do something about it, whether it be going to therapy or taking medication for some people um, or whatever it may be. Uh, or just read a book. Yeah. Read a self-help there, book. I mean, that's the cheapest. No two people are the same. Like different things are going to work for different people. Um, yeah. And I guess just finding what works for you and uh, making that effort to uh, to live your best life. Yeah. All right. So yeah. this concludes our uh, interview. Thank you so much, Zoe, uh, for being the very first guest on this podcast um thank you for supporting me uh in this possibly crazy dream uh, that i'm having um thanks for sharing your story your experiences um and having i don't know i didn't i didn't really have a plan for what i wanted uh this episode to be here like what i wanted uh this conversation to be about um so i mean Thank you for kind of just having it turn into like a, a pretty good conversation about like mental health and like the importance of therapy and like caring for other people. Um, and I mean, thank you for just being willing to share your experiences. Um, yeah. I'm sure it wasn't easy for you. Um, and I mean, really just thank you for uh, being one of my closest friends <laughs> since, <laughs> since we met playing softball in high school. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah. All right. Um, so this concludes the very first episode of Talking To. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed hearing Zoe's story. Um, and hopefully if you're dealing with some sort of trauma yourself, uh, some sort of mental health issue, PTSD, uh, hopefully some part of her story, her struggle to deal with it has helped you um, or inspired you in some way. Um, and everyone, 
everyone handles things, everyone copes with things differently. Um, and I know it's kind of cliche to say, but everyone is fighting some sort of battle that we may know nothing about. Um, and I always say that everyone has something. They, everyone has something that's either happened in their past that they've gone through or that they're currently going through, um, something that they're dealing with kind of like behind the scenes. Um, so, I mean, just be nice to everyone you see try to make their day a little easier, try to make their life a little brighter. Um, yeah. And if you you are struggling with uh, some sort of mental health issue, go to therapy, talk to someone. If you know someone who's struggling with a mental health issue, talk to them, let them know that you're there and that you're caring. Um, and yeah, just be nice to every single person you uh, see. So thank you so much for listening. And remember to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at talking to pod have a great day